To Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith. And we're glad that you could join us again today. What's the scripture you got for us today, Vince? Well, I, I'm full of the Word of God. I'm reminded that Hebrews 11:6 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. And Romans 10, 1 Romans 1.10, Romans 1.17, it says that the Take just, your pick. Yeah, take your pick. <laughs> Romans one seventeen says the just shall live by faith and we are the just we've been justified declared righteousness and we should live by faith and i believe we live every day so every day we should be living a lifestyle that's full of faith and that's living by god's word because jesus said that man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god and we understand romans ten seventeen says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if one wants to increase their faith or in, ignite their faith, they have to sow the seed of the word of God and allow it to grow up and it'll start exploding and your faith will be on fire, just like yours and mine, Richard. You know, Our faith is on fire. Before we, went, before we went on the air, we were talking about in James where he says that if a brother comes to you in need and, and you send him away saying, be warm and well fed without doing anything for him. What good have you done? And James is talking about, I will show you my faith by my works. And I've had people say to me, well, that's a, that's a direct uh, contradiction to other scripture because Paul says we're saved by grace and we're saved only by grace, not by works. And here James seems to be saying that we're saved by grace and our works. And we were talking off the air and, and we want to talk on the air now about the fact that what James is really saying, I will show you what I believe by what I do. And we, all of us, every day, just in every aspect of our life, I think, do that. But particularly, he's talking here about our spiritual life, that I believe certain things, so I'm going to do certain things. Right, right. I, I believe food will sustain me and keep me uh, breathing and living on earth. Therefore, I eat. Right. I mean, you know, we yeah. used the example before of a car. You're going to get in your car and drive down the road because you have faith that everybody else is going to stay on their side of the road. We go through a green light because we believe and have faith that everybody who has the red light on the other sides is going to well, stop. Well, you, we, we believe everybody's going to obey the traffic law. Right. So we get in our car and we go. Without that faith, if we didn't believe that... We would not get in our cars. Well, I, I believe if we didn't have any traffic laws, <laughs> we wouldn't get in our car and drive. But uh, we were talking also off the air about uh, what Jesus said in Matthew 25 about 
when I was hungry, naked, sick, in prison, how some didn't come and visit him, and then some did. And he was talking about separating the sheep from the goat. The sheep would be on his right hand, and the goat would be on his left hand. He was talking about people. And he said, you know, he was sick, destitute of food, hungry, without clothes, and nobody came, or he said someone came and, and took care of his needs. And, and they answered, the disciples said, Lord, when did we see you like that and, and, and take care of your needs like that? He said, well, when you did it for the least of these, my brethren, your brothers and sisters in Christ, or either others, he said, you did it for me. And then the other one, he said, somebody else didn't do those things. And, and this Bible was written to believers. Right. Yeah, we claim we believe. So it's written to us. So he said, the other one saw a person in need, and Jesus said that person was him because he loves the world. And he said, they didn't do that. And they say, well, when did we see you and not do that? He said, well, when you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. So that's what Jesus was talking about. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. You have to, we have to take God's word and actually act on it. And that's what builds your faith. When you, the Bible says, bless those that persecute you, pray for those who spitefully use you, and, and forgive one another also. So when you act on that word and forgive people, as the scripture says, and, and bless those that persecute you and pray for those who spitefully use you, you're actually demonstrating what you believe. Because Jesus is our Lord, and the Lord says forgive people. So when you forgive people, you're walking by faith. And you got to continue to do that. As you continue to do that, it's like building a, a muscle, but we're, we're building a faith muscle. It gets easier to forgive people. It gets easier to walk by the word of God as you continue in it. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, and then are you my disciples indeed. Right. We're to grow in our spiritual faith. Uh, people want to lose weight and get into to shape. And, and they'll say, you know what? I really need to lose some weight. I need to get into shape. I need to start doing things. And what that entails is you need to start watching what you eat. You need to get up off of the couch. You need to turn the TV off. You need to either walk or run or bicycle or whatever. You need to do some sort of exercise to get into shape. If you said, I'm going to, you know, Pastor Richard, I'm really going to, I want to be in the Olympics. And I, and I know the event I want to be in. I'm, I'm going to do the 100 yard or 100, uh, not yards now, 100 meter dash now, and I'm going to really get into it. And then I find out I'm watching you and you're eating your jelly-filled donuts and and I never see you running. And I say, uh, Pastor Vince, I thought you want... Well, I am. I'm in training. I'm in training. <laughs> but you know what I would know? I know that you're not going to win. You probably aren't going to be able to run 100 meters if you keep that up. And so we, as people, but say, I, I want to... I registered... Right. We as people say, I want to do these things, but then we don't do what it requires. And so we need to be reading our Bible. We need to be studying the Word. And it is an everyday thing. It is not just a one-time thing. And so people are going to cut you off in traffic, and now you have a choice. Right. You can wave to them in a manner that's inappropriate, or you can forgive them. And all these things happen on a daily basis where we get to choose, am I going to follow what God says or not? Mm -hmm. And it's almost instantaneous sometimes the choices that we have to make. But James, once again, says, you know, don't be just a hearer. Don't just hear that you're supposed to love your neighbor. Don't just hear that you're supposed to pray for those that despitefully use you, but actually do it. And that will ignite your faith on fire. And speaking of James, James chapter 2 
Verse 14 said, What does it profit, my brethren or sisterin, if someone says he or she has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? And, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say no. And I'm going to drop down to verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, see, if it does not have works, is dead. So I could say I believe, I believe, but I don't act on what I believe. And, and I heard it said, a person can actually starve to death in a grocery store. Did you know that? He can starve to death in the middle of Safeway. Because he can say, I believe if I go over there to the produce section and eat some fruit, I can sustain my life. He can believe that and say that, but if he don't go act on that, his body, his corpse will fall dead right in that store if he stay there for a couple months and don't eat. So faith without works is dead, just like you just gave the illustration about me going to the Olympics. Yeah, I can say that, and I can actually believe that, but if I don't do what I need to do, if I don't train, I probably won't even qualify to get to the Olympics. But I'm going, so we have to do, We ha again, back to James, we got to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And, and I want to make sure everybody hears this, because there are people who say, well, this is just directly contradicting what Paul has to say when Paul says we are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast, because the next verse after that, he says... We are saved unto good works. Right. So even what Paul is saying there is that when you are actually, it's a life-changing, you believe God, and you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you are going to, as a natural fruit of the Spirit, produce good works. Yeah, and you what, don't do good works so God will love you. You do good works because you love well, God. And I, and I believe Paul was talking about that with us coming into Christ. You didn't do nothing to get saved, but believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, that you didn't. You can't work. You can't do enough good deeds to get salvation. That's what Paul was talking about: being saved, getting sal salvation, being reconciled to God. You can't do any good works. You can't do enough works to get saved. You just got to believe with your heart and declare it with your mouth. And a lot of people misconstrue that verse of scripture. That's not what he's talking about. Working. I can't give enough money in the offering to get saved. See, and now you know what the beauty of it is, though, too, is that you can't have done enough sin that the blood of Jesus can't cover it up. Right, right, right. It's a free gift. The Bible says righteousness is a free gift. But now once we get saved, the Bible says we're to produce fruit unto righteousness. Right. We're going to do unto good works, yeah, yeah, just yeah. as Paul says there. So, so that's why it's really good to be in a good Bible-based church and, and be under some leadership that has understanding of the word of God. So you can, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.11 that he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And the next verse, verse 12, tells you why. For the building of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we come into the fullness of Christ. So God's going to use people, ministry gifts in the fivefold ministry to help build the saints up. And you have to, again, it doesn't matter what church you go to, because you can go to a church that does, because the pastor's only going to teach out of what he knows. And if he's not filled with the Spirit or have understanding of the Word, he's going to lead you astray. And the Scripture talked about the blind leading the blind. And you don't want to be about like that. And you want to search the Scriptures for yourself. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's the teacher. And if you meditate on God's Word, he'll give you the revelation of it. 
See, and once again, God actually means it when he says that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. He really means it when he says that we are to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Those things are not impossible. Sometimes people say, well, I'll never be like Jesus. I'll never get any better than I am. Or we all have faults and we're not perfect. I, I, you talk to people and, you know, they get caught in something and they'll say, well, nobody's perfect and God's not done with me. And you know what? That's exactly right. But that's not that cannot be an excuse to then say, well, I'm not going to renew my mind. You know I'm not going to be transformed. We are perfect when we put on Christ. God and, sees and, and us the as perfect. Right. The scripture tells us to put on Christ. And here's another thing. This is why your faith got to be in what God said. He says, when you get born again, you are now a new creation. Guess what? Christ now lives inside of you. Right. Now that's the truth. Right. And let God be true in every man alive. So if Christ lives in me, I- I'm perfect in God's eyes. I might not be perfect in my cousin's eyes. Or the media's eyes, but I am perfect in God's eyes, and that's all that matters is what God thinks about me. And yes, I'm being tra- I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. It's a process, right? But we need to work <laughs> at the process. We can't just lay back. It's like that person at the Olympics again. We cannot just lay back and say, "Oh, this is it'll take care of itself. I can do whatever I want." Right. We have a part to play in this process. Well, right. I can't just go to the gym. When I get there, I got to use the equipment. You I can say, Richard, I'm going to the gym. We can drive by the gym, gym every right, day. Right, right, right. I can walk up. Yesterday, this guy, get, uh, Scott, Pastor Scott already, he, I was in his office after the meeting, and he had this little toy block, and he said he exercised every day. And he put this little block on the floor, and he says, look, I walk around the block every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, it was this little block, and he just walked around it. He said, I do about 20 laps around this block. Well, yeah. But anyway, faith without works is dead. And, and that's the only thing. The disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. And you can't pray for more faith. In order for faith to be developed, it's like a muscle. You have to use it. And when I say faith, faith in God's word, that's because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You have to actually start doing the word. That will increase your faith. Now, you got to do it. Now, we probably are going to come to a little bit of a disagreement uh-oh, here for uh-oh. the first time on the air. I think that you can pray for more faith. I, I think as the man said to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. I think that we find ourselves there, as as Christians even. We find ourselves saying, I believe, help me believe more. Help my unbelief, the man says to him. He says, I, I believe in you some. I believe that you can do some of this. Help me with the rest. And I think that we can go to God and ask him to help us build our faith. Well, and he's going to he's going to lead you right back to the word. He's going right. to say he's going to say and Jesus said if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say. So he said start saying, saying some things. Speak about your and, and the guy the guy spoke his faith when he said I believe. Well, that was the part. He said I believe. That said you had faith right there. Now he said help me with the the My part unbelief. Of the, yeah. Well, well, what he I, thank you, Holy Spirit. I believe this is what he was saying right here. I believe in my heart, but my mind ain't believing because my mind's been seeing my son like this for years. So I believe in my heart because that's where real believing takes place in your heart. Then you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your mind, and, and, and you'll still get the promises because the the scripture says, "Love the Lord with all your heart," and it says. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And if you believe with your heart, in Mark eleven twenty three, it says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive. Well, Mark eleven twenty two says, whatsoever things you say, if you don't doubt in your heart, 
but believe the things that you say shall come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. So believing takes place in your heart. And when I say heart, that's not your blood pump. It's your spirit, man, the real you, right. the recreated spirit. That's what really believes the word of God because the mind has to be renewed. Remember, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that one part of him, his heart was believing, but his mind was trying to keep him in the natural. And Jesus was like, no, stay in the spirit with me. Even with Peter. Peter believed in his heart when Jesus said, come and walk on the water. But the scriptures say he seen the wind. So he started, he, now his mind well, he took over. figured out where he was. Well, 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 his mind told him, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. And then they say he began to sink as he used his senses. Because faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence things not perceived by the senses. So he got out of the spirit and went right back to the senses. Because the scripture says, when he seen and heard the wind blow. Right. He got See, afraid. as long as he believed Jesus and, and that he could, he could. But when as he took his eyes as, off Jesus. As soon as he started looking around and said, wait a minute, I'm on the water. Right. And there's big waves and there's a lot of wind and this is not going to work. And here it is. The scripture says he began to sink. But did he drown? Well, you know what I love? No, no. Did he drown? No, you know why? Because Jesus lifted him up. But you know what I love here? And this sometimes gets passed over. He says, Lord, help me. Maybe the shortest, most heartfelt prayer ever uttered in the Bible. Lord, help me. Do you think Peter meant it? Yeah. I yeah, think he, he meant it. Well, just like the guy with the son. He said, Lord, help my unbelief. But, you know, sometimes we think that our prayers have to be really flowery. And I've heard people pray, and I hear them, and I say, man, I sure wish I could pray like that. They, man, that was the greatest, most flowery, wonderful prayer I ever heard. And we don't have to do all that. We can we can just ask God. It, G, Peter doesn't say, "Oh Lord of the heavens," and there, and go into a whole big bunch of stuff. He just gets right to the meat of it. Lord, help me. Well, I need well, help right now. Again, as as baby Christians, we're going to be like children coming to the Father. We may not be able to articulate the way we want to to communicate with the Father, but because God knows our hearts. But once we start developing. Once your kids were little, you kind of did a lot of things for them as a father. You helped them out. But now they're older. <laughs> You're supposed to, they're supposed to be able, they supposed to, they should have developed to make their own bed now. You don't have to make their bed. But when they were little, you helped them, hey, do this, do that, do this. This is how you take out the garbage. This is how you cut the lawn. Now they're 21. He comes over to cut the lawn. You still, you shouldn't have to tell him, okay, son, this is how you cut the lawn. Well, once we develop spiritually, we should know how to pray because we've been studying the word. And he says, when you pray, Jesus taught the disciples. They asked them, Lord, teach us to pray. And he gave them a model for prayer. He said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. Now, he was using that as a model. Hallowed be your name, means there's no name above your name. Thy kingdom come. Our Father, hallowed be thy your name. Thy will be done. Yeah, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in right. heaven. Now, that's whatever God's will in heaven, he says, I want that to be done on earth. Well, I always ask myself, how is it done in heaven? I can only imagine. Remember the song, I can only imagine. Well, and, and the scripture tells us about heaven. It says there's no sickness, no disease. So he says, when you pray, pray in line with that. So well, he's teaching and, them. And really what he's saying here is everything that happens in heaven happens according to God's will. That's right. what he's saying. Right. Is that everything that happens in heaven happens according to God's will. So what we want to happen in our life here on earth is everything happening according I'm to God's will. I'm glad you said that. So in the natural, physically, where can I find God's will at? 
right here in my hot little hands in this Bible, in his word, last will and testament. If somebody left or departed and they left a will, and if I want to know what their will was because they had something to leave, I need to go to the will. I think I told you a few weeks ago, I was talking to somebody, and they said, man, I sure wish there was a book that told right, us right, right. how we should live. Well, there is a book. He, <laughs> That's he, the, what I told the, him. You got the New Testament. The New Will and Testament is right here. So you go to the will, and that's the thing. A lot of people, they want to have a relationship with God outside of his word. No, his will is in his word. His word is in his will. So you go back and find, First Peter said he's given us exceeding great and precious promises through the knowledge of him. So once you get filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will, and Colossians has said that, then you'll know what his will is. You can find it in his word. Well, I once had a discussion with a person who said that we're not supposed to really know the Bible. We don't need to know the Bible because God said we're to be like little children. And I kept telling him, no, the little what he's talking about here is as a little child has faith in their father, we're to have that same faith in our father. Not that we're to be ignorant, not that we're not to know anything. Because Paul said this, when I was a child, I did things as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. And he also said, that, <laughs> I can't remember which church, he said, I wanted to feed you meat, but I can only feed you milk. He said, by this time, yeah, by this time, you ought to be grown. He said, but you're still. We got to go back because it was a Corinthian church, I'm sure, because he says, you know what, you guys are arguing about who's the best preacher. Some say Apollo, some say Peter. And he said, the fa and some say me, he says, the mere fact that you're arguing over stuff like that means that you haven't grown up at all. Right, right, what right. What do church people still today argue about? They argue about the same kinds of things. And well, you say. And that tells me they have not so learned Christ. Because Christ is not divided. And he says, I desire that you all speak the same thing. Most church fights inside an individual body are not about doctrine. They're about things that don't matter, like paint color and carpet color. And are we going to expand the building? Well, or are we not going to expand the building? Or should we expand the parking lot? Those are the kind of things that tend to be the most vicious inside the church fights. Well, I, I'm, I was reminded of a verse of scripture as I was coming down the hill today. And it's in line with what you said. And Jesus said, and uh, I believe it's Ephesians. He said, set your mind on things above and not things of, of the earth. And I believe when he said that, he meant set your mind on heavenly things. Is, is heaven arguing? Are we up here arguing about where the, where the orchestra is going to be at? They're not. They're not what having, are we going to sing or not sing? Right, they're not doing what that. Choruses we're so gonna that's sing what he sing? said when he said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. He said, duplicate heaven here on earth which Pray is that. following it's, god's will in every way right. well if we do his will and do his word i guess we will be pleasing to the father and doing what he wants to do and he he told us avoid ignorant disputes that's why i don't argue with people about the bible he says scripture tells me in timothy avoid it so i'm going to do all i can to avoid it because i know i got the truth for god's word i use his word i meditate on his word i study his word i speak the word i believe the word like a little child i don't try to analyze it and say well that don't make sense. Well, a lot of things God does don't make sense, but it makes faith. Yeah, go dip in, in seven times into the dirty river. Well, there's a clean one right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he says, we got better rivers than this right, where right, I'm from. Well, see, <laughs> uh, go march around. And somebody told me that the other day, uh, another pastor friend of mine, he said, you know what? When God told them to march around the Jer walls of Jericho for six days, he told them to be silent. And the, and the scripture says, be quick to hear and slow to speak over in James, but he told them to be silent as they marched around and on the seventh day make a loud shout. 
And I believe he said be silent because seven days of marching around a building and saying that's how you're going to get the victory don't make no kind of sense. <laughs> so if he told them, that's why he had to instruct them to be quiet. Because if they would have talked, they would have been saying, I'm hungry. This don't make no sense. <laughs> and we ain't never made one a battle like this. What, so that's why he said, What's Joshua your, thinking? Yeah, what, they would have been complaining, but he ordered them to be quiet. Don't say nothing. Just march. Just go around. And that, that, that doesn't make sense. But God has all wisdom. And he's given his wisdom to us. The scripture says, Jesus has made made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So we can find the wisdom back to his word. You can't never get away from the word of God. If you want the wisdom of God, you want your faith to grow and develop and be on fire, get into the word of God. I can't stress that enough. Get into the word of God and don't try to use intellect or logic. Well, you know, one of my favorite things when the, when the Israelites are leaving Egypt, God leads them up to the edge of the Red Sea. And, that didn't make sense, and about did it? this time, the Pharaoh, he comes to his senses, and it says the Israelites looked up and saw this huge dust cloud coming. And they realized, uh-oh, this is Pharaoh with all his chariots, and this is not a good thing. And they turned to Moses, and the first thing they say is, weren't there enough graves in Egypt that you had to bring us out here to die? <laughs> you know, forget everything that God had done up to them. Forget all the plagues. Forget how God had led them out. Forget how God had allowed them to plunder the Egyptians. Because a lot of people forget that God put it in the Egyptians' hearts to give them their gold Right, right. And give stuff. them all their stuff. Go, take it now, 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 what kind of slave owner gives a slave all the stuff? <laughs> and leave. Yeah, and leave. Get out of here. Take all our stuff and just leave. And so they forget all that God has done. And, and the first thing they say is... Aren't there enough graves in Egypt that you had to bring us out here to die in this wilderness? And just think about how we are as people, because we look at that and go, man, that's just terrible. That I can't believe that they had so little faith. And yet think about our own lives, how often God has brought us through trial after trial after trial. A new trial comes and we say, this is too much. I, 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 I just don't see how there's a way out of it. It's, it's just too well, big. That's when we have to get a revelation of Proverbs 3, 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Notice it didn't say all your mind because your mind's got to be transformed. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. That's your mind. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So I can acknowledge him through prayer and through his word and, and listening for his voice. That's the way we can acknowledge God. Or just giving it to God. God, give me the wisdom to get through this situation. And Tell, then the peace that passes all understanding right. will be yours. You know, there's one time, a lot of times, I have decisions I have to make, and I'll just do that with God because I have a relationship with him. I'll say, God, okay, I'm going to open this Bible and show me what you need to show me. Give me the answer. And I'll open it, and I'll read it, and my answer is right there in the Scripture. Now, I know that don't make sense, but, hey, we're talking faith. God is a faith God, and he'll do what seems to not make sense, but it, it'll work for you. Ask them, Moses and them, when they went to the Red Sea, when they got to the Red Sea, uh, what are we going to do now? Uh, take the staff and stick it in the water. See, that makes no <laughs> sense either. I know it makes no sense, but it makes faith. Did Mo oh, faith without works is dead. Did Moses take the staff and stick it in the water? Or did he just say, man, this all, did he argue <laughs> with God right there? God, this don't make no kind of sense. We just doomed. It's over. I'm no, right. Let's he pack did. it in. It, We're all, maybe we can get some good peace terms out of it. No, you no, know? no. Maybe no. he'll let us live. No, he took that staff because he, he understood faith without works is dead. He put it in there and the sea parted and the children of Israel got free. Amen. Amen. We will see you for the next edition of Faith on Fire. We hope that you'll join us. And bye remember, bye. keep walking by faith.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.